That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker What's up, Jobbers? And welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, it's Nestle Media alongside as the man that is returning. As last week, I may have fumbled a little bit at the one-yard line. JC! <laughs> the gold standard of wrestling podcasting is back in your ears and on your screen this week. Uh, after my hiatus last week, I was home from my trip, but uh, I told, like I told Nestle, there was no fucking way I was watching 10 hours of wrestling in one night when I was very tired. And... Uh, yeah, so uh, I did. I missed a week, and Nestle uh, had to scramble a little bit. I did enjoy watching that because I always love watching him squirm. And uh, I'm thankful that a bunch of the boys hopped in and uh, had a nice little discussion with him, despite Ray's fucking clicking mic, which was agitating beyond belief. But uh, no, I, th- I thought you did. Nestle, I'm going to give you a compliment. I thought you did very well for yourself, considering the situation you were put in. Obviously, we both like to talk a lot, but when you don't have someone to fucking talk the words at, it makes it a lot more challenging. So uh, I did think you did a good job. But that's the only nice thing I'm going to say about you this month. I was almost going to give myself the comeback for this week. <laughs> See, now that then you would have just lost it. So I'm no, glad I you know, said it I now, know. which means you're not going to do it. No, so that shows growth. That shows growth out of you, Nestle. Listen, I got to tell you this much. It's excruciating talking by yourself for 20 minutes. It can so, be, especially about wrestling sometimes. Oh, my God. it's It was so <laughs> like – and I felt so bad for Dom because I'm sitting there going – Oh, get, come, come back. Please, for the love of God, come back. So, uh, But I want to thank Dom for for trying. I want to thank Ray for stepping in with his terrible audio. And, of course, Dom, yeah, uh, boy, Danny, excuse me, doing uh, yeoman's work, the three of them trying to On the other side muscle, of the world, baby. Muscle, they muscled through. Uh, so they, they, they lifted me up. I needed it. So thank you to all three of them. Uh, but let's get right into it. We got a full gear edition Remember of the Jabba Naka, baby. Yeah, we'll get to full gear at the end of the show, as well as NXT and uh, all that fun stuff for next week. But WrestleMania, we start the show one way and one way only, and that is always in the shine, much like Mandy Rose, who is the gold standard of NXT. Uh, but we're gonna get to the gold standard of Raw probably in a little bit. But I won't start the show there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna control myself a little bit because there's one thing that really stood out to me this week. It's kind of been a storyline that we kind of was like wait and see. Then I thought like we it was became kind of maligned in our eyes, and we kind of were giving it shit. But I thought this week we got a reminder of why there is one man who you could say he's one of the greatest heels of all time. I might say he might be the best heel of all time. It'd be a really, really good argument. But uh, The Miz this week, Nestlemania, from the second he appeared on my screen, the, this guy, the what separates him is the A-plus character work he does. He knows he's supposed to come out and make this grand apology for this uh, – storyline that was kind of hitting a brick wall a little bit but he comes out looking like mr rogers as he referenced which just instantly boom hitting you in the face 
with character and story. He gets in the rain. I love how he's doing the Miz TV. He's trying to be polite to the crowd as he's talking. He's trying to be polite to Saxton. It's just, this is what makes Miz so good. We know he's a fucking sniveling shit, but when he pulls shit like this and tries to at least pretend like he's being a good guy and whatever, it's just, no one does it better. I thought he hit on all cylinders this week. I thought the timing of the segment was good when they hit the Gargano music at the right time to get the pop. And I was watching this, I really thought about it because Obviously, like those of us that watch NXT and are very familiar with that, we know all about Johnny Gargano and how great he is in the rain and how how beloved he is by the fans not named Adam Nessel. Um, but the one thing we knew that I was always curious about the main roster is obviously he's not the biggest guy. He's not the most intimidating guy. So how does he translate to like the casuals or the week-to-week fans or the people that maybe aren't as familiar? And I really got to thinking, I'm like, man – this storyline, the reason why this is a good decision is because you put him in there with the Miz and you let him kind of grow and figure it out on the fly with a guy who is that damn good. And I thought that really came out in this segment uh, this week because, yeah, the last couple weeks, I agree, it's been on the downturn. But I thought this week, the performance by the Miz, this segment, it was probably my favorite part of the week. Wow, that's strong considering considering what they were doing. Yeah, exactly. Um I don't agree with you at all. I did not like the segment, but again, I agree with your sentiment. I think that that it, there you make a great case for why it was good for a Miz fan or a Gargano fan. But uh, the one thing, I think the hardest part for me is we got to wait two more weeks for this to finally come to a head. And why I do you feel think like, that is? Do you I mean, think I it's would, just that they're trying to beef up? Because that's the go-home for War Games, I think. Maybe I they're think, just trying no, to No, I think War Games – I think this is the night after War Games, if I think correctly. I'm so sorry, War two games, nights after War Games. It might be a Saturday. Oh, okay. So War Games is the 26th? Yes. And then that I think two sense. weeks from now. So I think this is okay. their way of building a main event two weeks out from now after, you know, Survivor Series, which will, everybody will be dead bodies I don't at that hate point. that. Honestly. I don't hate it either. And I think, honestly, I think that's why we're waiting to that point. I'm just excruciatingly – like just painfully waiting for this to be kind of a popcorn fart at the end of it. You know what I mean? Like, and I know like, unless there's a ladder match with a contract or a bag of money. Okay, great. But other than that, like we know the Miz is losing. We know Dexter's winning. Let's just fucking get this over with. Cause I feel like we need to get off of Dexter and go full Gargano for this to make any worth whatsoever, in my opinion, because it really has been more about Gargano and the Miz than it has been about anybody else. Well, absolutely. And that's what we kind of hinted at when this first started. It's like, you know, Miz is great with anyone, but like Dexter, like he kind of is what he is. I don't think he's ever going to be a big time player, but he's a nice like side piece in something. He's a guy that you can involve in a storyline. It makes sense. It makes sense having him involved with the Gargano stuff because he has been in NXT. So Link makes, makes sense. But yeah, no, I agree. Miz Gargano is the meat of this, but they got to address the Dexter situation and pay that off. So I think that's a good, like, because like I said, I think this Ms. Gargano is a long-term feud because you have the whole Gargano family dynamic and all the different pieces that could potentially involve there. You obviously has Maurice, who's still willing to get in and scrap it every now and then. So you have the Candices and the Indies of the world that could get involved. So I think there's a lot of ways they can go with this. And I think this is just the tip of the iceberg in the Ms. Gargano feud. I respectfully disagree that I'm interested in this, but yeah, because you don't like Gargano because you're a hater. No, so no, has, that has, guy has could put on the best thing possible, no. and you would be like, no, 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 nope. no, 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 no. I hate Ohio. No, 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 no. Now I hate Ohio. What are you? Miz just... and Gargano are both from Ohio, and you're. I don't hate the so. Miz. I don't. You don't I don't say Ohio. Nope, I, I gave Johnny Ohio. Gargano props like two weeks ago in the worst segment possible. Haven't the like, Browns suffered enough Nestlemania that you don't? Who cares about the Browns? See, there it is. Ohio hater. Wow. You know what? 
I, you take a week off. You think You're you know an Ohio Shamer. Okay, sure. Put that on a T-shirt. See how I strut through the airport in Ohio. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're never going to go to Ohio. Who goes to Ohio? It's a, I, it's a, I, Cleveland it's a is a very, place. Cleveland gets a bad rap. Cleveland's actually a pretty nice city. Shout out Cleveland. Your boy, your boy, the doc says, you know what's fun to do in Ohio? Packing up and getting the fuck out. So yeah, LeBron did that, but then he came back. But then he, and then he had to go away then, again because he yeah, can't win in hey, Ohio. You know what? Hey, yeah, you know what? There's, you know, there's, there's worse places in the world. All right, all right. Let's not hate on Ohio anymore. I can't yeah. believe I'm saying that. Let's I'm move on for it. You're the you're the shine guy. Do it up. Okay, where do you want to go next? You want to go? Ah, oh, you know, fuck it. We're doing it because it involved two of my favorite things in wrestling. That is the gold standard for the second straight week getting TV time, as he should. He's a stud. He has a lot left to give. And this is the perfect type of thing that he did this week, working with a younger talent to get him some ex more experience in the ring with a veteran who can do it all, a smart guy, a guy that he can bounce ideas off of. But what really sold me on it, it was just they set it up with the backstage segment, Shelty B getting interviewed, and Dom comes in, and this is just, this is why it's working for me, is he is the ultimate sniveling shit, little fucking kid chihuahua heel. He's talking all this shit, but the minute uh, Shelton stepped up to him, Priest, Big Bad Priest steps in front of Dom, and Dom does the thing I love out of heels. Stands behind him, and it's just like talking shit, like, yeah, yeah, and behind the menacing Priest because he knows he can get away with it. But obviously, Shelton did the smart babyface thing, said, I accept your challenge, and pointed at Dom. So it set up the match. I thought this was a solid little match. It, uh, it did what it needed to do, and obviously, Dom got the win with all the shenanigans that we're going to see throughout. But you know what? I'm wearing my gold standard t-shirt for a reason because Shelty's a stud. Dom's a stud. So you know this is going to be high in my heat. Uh, shine, excuse me. I was surprised you were going to be. I mean, I knew you were going to be excited. I just didn't know how excited you were going to be that Shelty was on TV. I didn't know if you were going to be excited that Shelty lost. but Two weeks uh, in a row, he's been on TV, baby. Right. Uh, I mean, I just, I just want to know exactly. Uh, this fucking guy. Um, I just want to know exactly what's going on with the Judgment Day because this is where I'm confused, right? And someone maybe talked me into it because I'm very confused. We have the Judgment Day versus the OC, right? Like, that's a thing still. And they're making it seem like, oh, Rhea's the problem. They have a problem solved with, you know, what they called, I forget what they called Mia Yim, but Mia Yim is the, the problem solver. But that is now broken off into the women's war games because we have Finn and AJ. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bat an eyelash. Finn and AJ, that's my jam. Yeah, but absolutely. What happens to the other buffoons, right? So like I think I think that just I think the WWE had to make a decision because as we were kind of leading up the last couple months, we expected a Judgment Day War Games match, but they clearly made the decision based off the last couple weeks that is going to be a Bloodline War Games match. So where does it leave this feud? They clearly didn't want to do like a classic Survivor Series tag. So I think a decision like this is a decision that Vince would never make. He would have done a Survivor Series tag, but Triple H looks at it and is like, you know what? AJ and Finn have all these stories. These like this year, things on of stories. It's a one-on-one -on -one match that the internet's gonna freaking pound their meat about. This is not a one-on-one -on -one match Vince would ever pull the trigger on, but Triple H is looking at it like this is a great one-on-one -on -one match I can put on this card. The other people are gonna be involved. You and like you said, they took Rhea and Mia out of it and put them in the women's war game match because they obviously need a little more beef in that match. I love Rhea's in that match. I think she's gonna do great. Um, so yeah, it, it's a little convoluted, but the fact, like you said, we're getting Finn and AJ. I don't give a fuck. Sign me up. Right. And the, the only thing is, I mean, we could talk more about it in the heat, but I felt like this was a weird overall. The whole war games concept is awesome. Like we're excited to get there, but how we get there to me feels like I'm tripping over my toys. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it just, it doesn't feel like there's a clear path, nor is there a clear logic 
when we're doing it. It's just like war games. Okay. You know, it's just like, sign me the fuck up, whatever. And it just, it's bizarre to me, especially with these weird backstage segments. But again, we're in the shine. We'll talk about more of this later, I guess. Well, transitioning off my Shelton topic, the next part I want to do is I kind of want, we kind of saw this happen uh, leading when he lost his U.S. title. And then when he lost to Brock is we're getting this freaking angry Bobby. And angry Bobby. Bobby? One of my favorite things on TV right now because that motherfucker is mad and poor Mustafa Ali keeps coming out and gets yeet. See ya. It's just, it's, it's good TV, man. And one thing I've been noticing, I picked it up at last week too. And you know me as a big hurt business guy, both Shelty and Cedric were on the show last week and were failing as well. But the one thing I pay attention to is Bobby and he has gone out of a way when he has talked to highlight the word hurt in his promos about how he is going to hurt people. And that stuff. So my my that gets my mind rolling. I don't think it's by mistake because I think we are going to have a reunion of the Hurt Business at some point with Bobby, with Cedric, with Shelton. And hey, even think about this because obviously MVP was the mind around the first one. They had a poor breakup. But MVP and the big boy just lost to the other big boy over in Saudi. And they're kind of scrambling like, where are they going to do? Well, you know what? Why not unite them? Imagine a Hurt Business with... Bobby as the centerpiece. You have Shelton and Cedric as the wrestling tag team. MVP as the manager and the heavy as fucking Omos. Like that's that's like taking the Hurt Business, which is already great, and bringing it to another level by putting it in. So that's like a mini hope I had. It's something here because it's all like by themselves, all the parts. They're just kind of out there doing whatever. Like Omos and MVP aren't as great without Lashley. Lashley's great, but what would really enhance him, the reason why he became a world champion again was because of the Hurt Business. And then Shelton and Cedric, phenomenal wrestlers, two of my favorites. But by themselves, I mean, we see what that is. It is what it is. Even I can admit that as a big fan. So that's the things I'm kind of paying attention to here. Putting together, I got my little Watson monocle out and my little little detective assistant where I'm paying attention to because just listen every time Bobby talks because he uses the word Hurt and he really emphasizes it. Imagine the Hurt Business versus, you know, the, the Bloodline, bloodline yeah. or, you know, maybe Order even James. Judgment Day or something. Like, you get to a, you get to a Imperium, faction. Imperium, the Brawling yeah. Brutes. They yeah. got a lot of factions in WWE yeah. right now. Yeah, and I think having them switch over to SmackDown would be a really nice fresh start for everybody. But I know I, there's not a lot going on right now. I think right you got to wait till after Mania yeah. when the yeah. Bloodline's done because SmackDown is very crowded right now. In a good right. way, but it is very crowded. I would, I would swap Legato Del Fantasma for... Her business to go into SmackDown and have them go to Raw because I think that Legato needs more character development, but that's just beside the point. I don't but disagree. I mean, that's just how how I feel about it. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay there. But again, if the Hurt Business comes back, whoo! I'm wearing a super hot fire T-shirt. By the yeah. way, go get them at tpublic.com/slash knocker. Support the knocker. Uh, but uh, beside that fact, is there anything else you want to talk about that's very uh, shine worthy? We see that our Birdski has entered the chat saying, "Am I late?" Theory hype train. Whoop whoop. We have not uh, hit on theory yet. Um. I, I might have some thoughts on that, but I don't know if Ooh. I'm ready for it, unless if you are. I'm, I am I was going to put him in my shine, but if you don't want to, that's okay. No, can, I, I think what teeter. he did this week was shine, but it doesn't get me over. The no, no, the I, worst I, I, booking decision in WWE in years from last week, which... All right. So let's, let's talk about it then. Let's yeah, just do, let's it. do it. All right, so here's, here's the thing, right? So last week, we all agree. I think universally, no joke, pun intended that it was a terrible decision to cash in on the United States Championship. I think this week, however, they did a great job. Thought his promo was probably the best promo I've seen him do in a very long time. They got him in the right groove with Dolph Ziggler starting over, right? And then Perfect he doesn't really, beat up. 
Right. It's perfect guy. This guy's like, he's just like Stretch Armstrong, man. He just he just comes back and does it again and he's fine. So I watched that and I thought, okay, great. Like the 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 whole promo backstage was great. I am not the future. I'm not, I'm the face of the franchise. I'm the now. And I love that. Um, I love that they didn't have him win or lose. He just snapped. Love that too. There's a character development thing. And at the end here of, of Monday Night Raw on Monday. Uh, he attacks Seth Rollins not a split second after winning. And we're back to the gravy train, in my opinion. Yes, he's not the protege. Yes, he's not some, you know, son to the Vince McMahon heir kind of thing anymore. So I'm okay with it. But the one thing I am excited about here is, is the edge, is the, the mean streak. Because for lack of a better term, he was a doofus. You know what I mean? Like he was just like, I'm I'm the youngest and I'm carrying a briefcase and all that stuff. But now I can believe him. It just sounds bizarre. I can believe him as a world champion now that he lost. I don't know why, but this week did, I think, a lot for him character-wise. He's always been decent in the ring. I just, the one thing I hate, and again, I'm probably never going to see this, but that's okay. I don't like the A-Town Down signal. I think it's stupid. I also don't like the A-Town Down finish. I think it's lame. Because it's not impactful enough for me to be like, oh my God, he's going to win. It looks like a setup move for something else, in my opinion. But that's beside the point, I guess. Overall, A-plus effort from A-Town down. I'm curious how you feel about it, JC. No, I, I like I like... Like I kind of hinted at, I really like what they did this week because this is this is the type of week a guy needs to have after you do what you did to him last week. But it's just like I'm just I'm never gonna get over that decision of having him fail to cash on the US title. Just have him fail to cash in on Roman. Like, yes, I know he got the promo. The promo still made no fucking sense. It made it look uh, worse. He should have not even they should have not even had him answer it. Like they honestly they should have just had him be like, Yeah, I fucked up. I made a split decision because I was drinking in the back and I decided to run out. Like, do something like that. Like it just but Obviously, like he's been growing up the scruffs that gives him a little more of like the, the angry look. So I think all that's working for him. Like you said, the aggression is good. This is the thing we're looking for. But here's my concern with it um, for a couple different reasons. Number one is that obviously we're headed. It looks towards like a triple threat with Seth Theory and Bobby, maybe even Ali at, at uh, War Games or whatever, which I'm sure we'll get addressed next week um, at some point. But I just when you make a decision like this to have a guy fail you kind of want to have an opportunity for him to then really get something big. And if I'm looking at the landscape, especially the championships in WWE right now, he ain't going near Roman. Obviously now by taking that away, he has no chance to go near that. And there's only one big title right now because they're together. So it's, you got to look at the mid cards. Gunther has one. He ain't going over there. And Seth just got this other one. And I think that's, they're probably going to want him to hold this pretty much while Roman's champ because they can make him the champion of raw. So yeah, Theory can like feud with him, but do we think Theory is going to beat him and win back the U.S. title at some point? I don't. So my concern is, is he has this great momentum, but you don't have an opportunity of him to really cash in and take advantage of this great momentum he has. It's going to be like a cool look. He's going to be a cool character. Then we get to the point and like, unless if we can line up really good feuds for him, like I think he's just going to kind of drift back. Whereas if he was still holding that money in the bank, like even if he was kind of in the side, he at least had that where it's like you had to pay attention to him. Now he doesn't. Now we don't have to pay attention to him. So when he does lose this little spark he got this week, I'm concerned. And we've seen it in the past with the money in the bank failures that weren't John Cena pretty much because it was Sandow. I mean, that his career was that never was the it, same yeah. after that, really. He, he dropped down no comedy and was gone. Uh, Corbin, who was incredible, but 
he's never over ever gotten over that hump. And until recently, like he had kind of, although it was really good. And some of the, one of my favorite characters in WWE, like he had kind of fallen in that comedy role, whatever. And it, like I said, it was really good. But if we're talking about future world champions, he still hasn't got there. Braun Strowman's kind of the one that doesn't fit here. But I will say after he failed his money in the bank cash in, people stopped liking him and started to sour on him. So when he did get that moment against Goldberg at WrestleMania with no fans in the crowd, like, I mean, me, I enjoyed it because I love Braun, but a lot of people were just kind of done with Braun at that point. So it's one of those things where it's a risk. And if you're telling me this guy is the future and a future world champion, I'm like, well, I'm concerned for those two big reasons. The So I just, I don't know. Like I said, I really liked what he did this week. I think he got his shit back. But last week, I mean, you, you'll see it in the knocker awards probably reflected at the end of the year. All the negative awards, literally the nominations leading up to last week, we're all AEW things because WWE for the most part has been bullseyes for the tail end events and the beginning of triple H. There was nothing glaring, but this, like this is more than a black guy. This is a double black guy, freaking like broken nose, bleeding mouth. Hell you might not as well. You got beheaded last week. Like when you look back in some of the, this is the worst money in the bank decision they've ever made. It's like the complete black eye of that thing. And they kind of left the dolphin with the money in the bank, which has you thinking now, like, how does this work going forward now with what we've seen the last couple of years with how they've treated the money in the bank with this being the worst? So I have a lot of concerns with theory. I still think long-term he's a stud. I still think long-term he's going to succeed. I just, I don't know. I'm concerned in the short term that yes, he got his shit back, but there's nothing to take advantage of it with. So I will say this much. The one thing I thought that I could not believe and I didn't enjoy logic because again, I'm a logical person. He's sitting there going, Roman's never around, and when he is, I tried to cash in, and it was Brock. Then it was, you know, Fury. Then it was just like, if it's not them, it's the bloodline. And all I could think about was, motherfucker, you can't wait till after War Games when everybody's just you spent. have a year, bro. You have yeah. a literal year. Yeah. And the other thing that the other thing that made me really upset was like, all it take like again, I'm not gonna book this, but if I was if I was booking it, and you needed to get him the chance and lose, right? What's to say the brawling brutes, Sheamus, Mac, whatever, they don't handcuff the entire bloodline to the fence, right? There's your opportunity to cash in and still lose, right? And then you're you're off the races. You're like everybody else, and we move on. Yep. And you could do that. It's right there in front of you. Now, again, they might have something planned for, you know, every single thing going forward until WrestleMania for Roman Reigns, so maybe that just doesn't fit, and I guess maybe they just wanted to get rid of it. But you could have made a SmackDown more interesting. By having him cash in, you or could have NXT. had him. They teased NXT. in NXT. Yeah, like I, was a lot, I felt a lot more comfortable if you would have tried to cash in on Braun because that's a world title, right? So I don't know. It was, it's tough. It's tough. But it's again, tough he did. He did a great job. I, like I said, that if he, I think here's the good thing though is if he's in a multi-man feud, Seth could probably lose that by the Royal Rumble. And then he set could. him up forever. You know what I mean? So yeah. we're, in, we're in Royal Rumble territory. We're like a month and a half, two months away from the Royal Rumble. So I'm not necessarily in, in disagreement that Seth will hold on to that forever. Feels like it. But Seth Rollins also is kind of like just switch babyface overnight. And I feel like they're, they're going to prop him up for something better going forward to WrestleMania. I don't think the United States Championship will matter as much once we get to WrestleMania, once Roman Reigns may lose that championship. Yeah, but there's a lot of time in between now and then where they need a space of Raw when Roman ain't going to be around. And sure, you can bring... The Brock will be here and there, like, whatever, but it's like, I think the reason why we've seen Bobby and Seth as the last two U.S. champions is they're trying to treat it like a world title, and I think that's why, from their perspective, they're like the money in the bank cashing in, but 
it just, I don't know. It uh, it didn't work for pretty much all of us as we were watching. So, all right, moving on. Anything else? Shine wire there? Worthy? Thank you. That's yeah, I do want to shout out EO Sky this week because obviously we're really high on damage control. But that match with Dana Brooke was honestly one of my favorite matches of the week because it was three minutes. It doesn't matter. In those three minutes, I got to see EO do what she does best: be the genius of the sky. In a tag match, it's kind of different because you're more focused on the tag aspect of it. But in like a singles match, where obviously it was a showcase for EO, they really got to showcase of why we've all fallen in love with her the last couple of years in NXT because she's one of the best damn in between those ropes and she does something she's like female ricochet she does things where you're like well i haven't seen that before like oh no one else in the roster can do that and we know dana like obviously has her shortcomings but she's motivated right now she is athletic so eo can try to do more things to her because she's very athletic so i actually for a match that was should have been just a throwaway i thought it was a great showcase and reminded me of why we love eo so that gets in the shine for me okay I'm not. I, I. I don't disagree. It's just a jobber alert, almost. So I. I know. I think it was. I don't. I think all it was the over. raw it matches. Was, was yeah. Over. So that's one thing I do want to know before we move to the heat is that the kind of a theme of Raw was we kind of got to see a lot of people in matches that aren't really featured too often. And that's why I think this week watching Raw when I got home after work last night, I couldn't fast forward as much because I'm like, oh, I haven't seen, I don't see as much Shelton. I don't see as much Dana. You're getting to see all these people who don't get to wrestle, even your girl Tamina and all these, like like you're seeing people who don't get to wrestle as often kind of featured on Raw. And I thought that was kind of cool this week because you have a big fucking roster. We see a lot of the same people every week. It was nice to have a little dash, a little dash of this and that that we normally don't get to see. So I think that's a positive too. Uh, before we leave the shine, I just want to make sure the Usos are now the record-breaking tag team champions. A great match always. Uh, when in doubt, break the glass. It's New Day versus the Usos. A lot of fun. Uh, they did their job. They have the record. I did appreciate what happened on SmackDown. Um, I'm not a huge fan. We can talk about something else um, at the end of the show if you want, if that's a good teeter-totter moment to go into the heat. but Yeah, we can move that. on if you want. I'm ready. Get them off my TV. Get them off my TV. Get them off my TV. Now look. Do I love the Usos winning? Absolutely. Do I love everything going on? No, I don't. Because you get to the main event and it's just like the brawling brutes. Sheamus is back. He just fucking got married. And then there's the Mac. And then they're fucking, they're going. And it's like five on four because Sammy's not there. It's four on four. Okay, great. If Sammy comes back, great, wonderful. But then who's the fifth person? You assumed it was KO. But now that he's out six to eight weeks, it leads to an interesting ad here. I don't know what they're going to do because somebody who has to be messed with the bloodline has to be in there. Who could it be? You know? Yeah, I think the easiest fix on SmackDown is you just throw in Knock because he's a baby face and it makes yeah. sense and he just lost in the World Cup, but I do think they're going to probably swing a little more. I know a lot of the uh, people on the internet would love to see it in Seth. I think he's going to have other things to do at War Games, uh, especially holding that title and with all the contenders he has. It would be a tough sell to kind of throw him into that match. But I do agree, like it's history with Roman, but I think they kind of want to keep them separate for a while because they probably have a big match plan there. Um, so yeah, you're looking at the roster and it's there's not a lot of obvious choices. So it will be interesting to see what they do here because I think even like Rey Mysterio is hurt now too so they just they don't have a lot of options so I don't know if you have something in mind but I really don't have anyone besides Nakamura that really comes to the top of my I mean I could see one. Braun if Braun uh, that was the win. other one Braun that would does. be fun but he Braun might would be I fun mean, in there he's probably gonna be in the finals of this World Cup so right now that so the World Cup is in theory a cool idea but I I was a little perturbed because the winner gets Gunther right like and it's not Gunther. like Gunther now again not that Gunther's not worth it, but it's just odd to me 
that we wouldn't have the best in the world take on what was considered the best in the world in the GOAT, Tribal Chief. Well, so, we, as we saw with this fucking stupid tournament last time, fucking dipshit McMahon won the last one. So it's hey, this thing, Ray, this, thing uh, this is a kind of a tarnished fucking cup. This might as well be called the fucking poop cup. If for the like Miz a, won, you would have thought it was the best thing yeah, ever. Yeah, but guess what? He didn't. The Miz and Shane McMahon had a great feud, though. You have it to did. Admit, it was a phenomenal feud. And it paid because off, of it the best in the incredible. world. So, you know, I have to agree with, with Ray on that one, folks. No, because, because that, that's the thing. It's like, it's always the argument that we make in WrestleMania. I'd rather have all the lead-up be good and give me a bad match as opposed to all the lead-up being horrible and giving me a good match. Because you know what? All that lead-up lasts me months. The match lasts me about 10 minutes. So, you know, I'm not a 10-pump chump here. I want a fucking lawn exotic experience. 10-pump chump. No, no, I, I use the wrong Isn't word. Isn't it a two-pump jump? Go with it. I don't know. Some people are one-pump chumps. Who knows? Teach their I mean, own. I think you're hypocritical with that statement, but that's beside the point. I don't think so at all because I'm pretty consistent saying the reason why I love some of these feuds is that it's really good lead-up, even though I know the match is going to suck, but it's worth it. So that's but the then you were, you, were gangbusters, you were gangbusters for Bel Air and Banks, but that, that lead-up was dog shit. I know. I said I didn't like the lead-up, but I'm like, I'm like, at least the match will be good. It needs to be one or the other. There are some things in WrestleMania that are bad lead-up and bad match. So... Okay. Like you need one or the other. For me, I'm always gonna choose the longevity over the match, but it's what it is. All right, all right, that's fine. That's fine. Moving on, uh, other things on SmackDown that made me go, huh? Um, the six pack women's challenge, Liv botches the table that sucked, and then Shotzi won. Then Shotzi gets essentially beaten up backstage by Shayna and, and Ronda. I would be more interested if Shayna and Ronda were the tag team women's champions. I think that'd be pretty cool and awesome. Maybe that's down the line. It definitely is. But right now, I don't. I don't know. I like Shotzi versus Ronda doesn't do anything for me. So it makes me feel like Ronda at Survivor Series does not matter. That'll be five minutes, maybe ten minutes, most with entrances. You ready? So bonus I, hope. You know why it matters. God. So this match is useless. Ronda's gonna fucking destroy her. It's just they're lining up the tomato cans for fucking Ronda. So you can have a hit list like Roman. And Shotzi is the like the internet loves her. So Triple H is just you know giving the masturbator something excited uh, to be excited about the way you make me care about this is that after Rhonda wins fucking a certain someone's music hits and fucking Michael Cole gets the L boss time. That's the only fucking way. Cause I don't think Sasha is going to be in war games. I don't even know. I think she's going to be coming back here. She might, she might, this would be a, obviously the spot, but if she does like, this is the spot where I want it. I want her fucking her and Rhonda run that back. You want to make me care about Rhonda? Give her fucking a legit competitor and someone that is yeah, because you good. can't have, you can't have Sasha lose right out of the gate though. No, you can't. Sasha always loses, man. No, I know, but matter. I'm saying, like, if she comes back, I mean, the, the, yeah, she'll the, she'll win a match on a SmackDown. She'll beat she'll beat someone good. She'll be Shayna. Yeah, she'll beat Shayna. There you go. Yeah, yeah. you're, you're booking like WWE WrestleMania. You've watched enough of this shit. I have because I know that a DQ matters. Yeah, and nobody but gives Sasha a shit about Ronda, the best Like, card. seriously, look at the roster. Is there anyone against Ronda besides Shayna that you would fucking care about? Especially on SmackDown right now. SmackDown. No. I mean, Raquel was pretty cool for a while. Yeah, but... I think that's that. That might be like a Rumble match or something like that. That is for sure. But like, she's lost all her momentum since she's lost the tag title. So I actually thought she would have been the one to win the six pack challenge because I'm looking at it. I'm like, well, Liv ain't winning, and the only other contender really is Raquel. If anyone else wins, it's going to be a one off, and we got the one off. So, well, it, it was a, it was a bad night anyway going on for that shit. But whatever, it is what it is. Um. I am curious how you feel on Raw about this whole riddle. Like, the Elias riddle thing is difficult for me to deal with anyway. They're supposed to be a band. I think they advertised a tag match. They didn't, ad they didn't advertise it too much. I think it was only on social. 
But then they negated that, and then now it's it was Gable versus Riddle, which, again, I'm not complaining about. Great match. Happy to see Gable win. We're in this weird, like, place, right, where, like, Gable and Otis are awesome together. They actually were great when they won the tag team titles. They, they stick together like Lou. It's wonderful. But Riddle oh, thank is you. This, oh, thank you. And then I started laughing with the shoosh. <laughs> like, I thought that was good. But again, that was like, it was like stupid. It was just like somebody walking by doing the stuff. But it is what it is. I'm curious how you feel about Riddle because I feel like I've hit a wall with Riddle from, a, from an audience standpoint where I'm fatigued. I get the joke. I want more or less or different. I don't want the same anymore. So this is a complicated one because if just on, on pure of what we saw this week, everything Riddle, Gable, and Otis for me was shine. I enjoyed it all. I love the match. I love the interactions. Gable and Otis with Riddle is never going to be bad TV because they just, they're fucking comedic geniuses. They just work in terms of that. But the other side of it is I fucking hate the Elias bullshit. We obviously know it's going to set up a Riddle-Elias feud. We know that's where it's headed, but I just don't give a fuck about Elias. And I understand where you're coming from with Riddle because he's kind of in that area now where it's like they don't really have anything big for him to do. So they're just kind of like trying to do fun things with him. But he is the guy that needs to be on TV every week. And you see it when his fucking music hits and he comes out. You know what he is in WrestleMania? He's over no matter what. No matter what they fucking do to this guy or try to do, the live crowds fucking love him. And it makes sense. He's a fun guy. So, yeah, we can be fatigued with him a little bit because I understand, like I said, where you're coming from. But there's just Riddle still fucking charming. Even though it gets a little old sometimes, he still has like one thing every week that it's like it's charming. It just he makes you smile. Like that's why he's on the show every week. He's a crowd pleaser because he's fucking funny and stupid and goofy. And he's damn good in that ring. So it's that's why I say this thing is complicated because – like I said, I enjoyed it actually happened this week, but the second Elias is back on my TV, it doesn't, I don't know, Riddle and Elias make no fucking sense together. The bongos are a little funny. They're like goofy, but they're a little funny because Riddle plays them off well. But like, I don't give a fuck about a Riddle Elias storyline. It's like Riddle's in the spot where it's like waiting for Randy. And as we saw this morning, Riddy, Rand, Randy's still in the hospital, fucking high up on painkillers and shit. So it's not close. So for Riddle, like, what does that mean? Well, you got to find things for him to do. And if he's not going for one of the titles, this is what you're going to get. So it's, it's, it's complicated is the status. I think we put on Facebook. Complicated. What is this? A Facebook status? It's complicated. Exactly. Yeah. It's complicated. Moving on very quickly. How do you feel about Bray Wyatt and LA Knight? I didn't expect it, which is kind of why I'm intrigued because I expected this Bray nonsense to just be Bray. But now we have someone you can kind of bounce off of besides this mysterious how do you do character. Um, so, and yeah, LA Knight, if I looked out at the roster on SmackDown and was picking someone, I don't know if he'd be on the list. So I'm intrigued because uh, you know what they can both do, WrestleMania? Yes. Yakety talk. Yakety yak. Yakety yak. So I'm intrigued is the word. I think, I think here's, here's my, at least here's what I'm hoping going forward, right? The Fiend was very, as you heard in the Seth Rollins interview with uh, with Hawani, I think was who it was. He said something like, the Bray Wyatt character is very hard to deal with, right? Like, you get painted into a corner. But I think what they've done this time around with Bray Wyatt is they have the Uncle Howdy thing, which can be his demise. Like, I don't feel like the, I don't feel like the Fiend had an Achilles heel. Like, you know, like a, a trump card to get out of something, Right. You, you could have Uncle Howdy showed up at any point on the Titantron or in life or whatever and distract Bray from anything and everything and lose, then you're still intrigued. 
And so, like, I think LA Knight could pick up a victory over Bray Wyatt before he goes into a giant tail spin. That's what I think about it because that's the difference maker, I think, going forward is that all these things are going to pile up on Bray and he's going to crash and turn into a big fucking mess, which which makes sense, but he's got to lose a lot first. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right on the button. I just, it's one of those things where it's until I see more, I can't have a full fleshed out opinion, but mm-hmm. you know, the light bulb's on at least, you know, paying attention. Anything else you want to get uh, hopeful? Glorious! You are my only hope. I'm going to go to the women's war games match because as you know, we have, it is a five on five match. We have four women on each side. But no, we have five on the five heel and side four. now. Dingleberry. Yeah, we, have re- we have damage control plus wacky uh, non-inflatable Nikki Cross and then we have uh, Rhea, the fucking person I'm most excited for in this match, Ripley. I think her and Bianca are going to be fucking amazing in this match. Uh, but on the baby faces, we have uh, Mia eh, and uh, the, Mia, eh. the the Bianca girls. And so that leaves the fifth one. There's a lot of different possibilities. Um, I think one of the more obvious ones would be Candice LeRae. We haven't seen her for a few weeks, but she's been kind of aligned with them. So they could definitely uh, go that route. The Sasha and Naomi factor are still factors uh, if they come back. So they could obviously be uh, a route. Um, they could do something where they could put someone like a Dana Brooke in the match, have her get taken out, and then need a replacement with one of those people too. I don't know if that's the way they'll go. But if they do go that way, that's where my hope comes into play. So Dana Brooke's in the match. She gets taken out because she's Dana Brooke, and no one actually wants to see her in this match. So suddenly they need a replacement on Team Bianca. And, you know, the obvious one is because they're in Boston. Sasha Banks. Obvious. Probably not going to happen. Yeah, you could do Charlotte. I don't think anyone's popping off for a baby face Charlotte being on the same team as Bianca. Yeah, so man. throw that one out. Uh, Naomi, I do think uh, that return is probably on the horizon, but I would say more Royal Rumble than probably this. So uh, you can toss her out too. So um, it would leave Candace as the obvious one, but I'm going to go somewhere else because there's someone else that uh, has a lot of history with the women's war games match and a certain someone who's on the other side who was her best friend and was turned on before she could even get in the match in the little cages they have there. And that is my girl, Tegan Knox. If she's coming back, I don't mean, I know she had a lot of visa issues with working in the States. I don't know if that's been worked out, but if that stuff has been worked out, I think this would be a cool spot to debut, re-debut her on the main roster and bring her back. Cause of her history, obviously uh, with Dakota Kai, her history with this type of match and their history together in this match. So I think that would be a cool thing for her. It'd be a cool way to tell the audience that this is someone who could be a player. Cause Tegan Knox is still very young and she, I think she has a lot of ability and I'm a big fan. So that's my hope is that Tegan Knox is the fifth member in the women's war games match. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Last week of my my hope was better. But it's also okay. her birthday Anything. today, I believe. Happy birthday, Nixon. Oh, Jesus, with the fucking birthdays. Yeah, there's nothing left, bud. You should have been from empty. I got a little bit of uh, melted ice in there. Anywho, my come my comeback. My hope is very, very intricate. It's very odd. Oh, boy. Um, here we go. So. We talked about who's going to be the fifth member of the babyface male team. We think it's most likely going to be Braun because why the fuck not, right? So here's my hope. Braun gets added to the babyface side, right? Then the bloodline looks like, oh, shit. We got to think of something here. We got to do something different. So they tell they tell Sammy, look, it's the bloodline. and We need to win. So we're going to ask you to stay out of war games. Oh, no. And he's going to be like, the fuck? Like, I, I, I've been, I, 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 I'm part of the, I'm, I'm, I'm part of the bloodline. 
And then they're going to go, well, you are, but we need to win. Sorry. And they replaced him with Karrion Cross because the Mac factor. I thought you were going to like at least a key or something. I know. I know. I know. Oh, God. But here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. This starts the Sami Zayn babyface go because I think what will end up happening here is Sami Zayn will still help the team win, even though he's not part of it, proving that he is still part of the bloodline. But he will officially be hurt that he was not picked to play kickball at lunch. And that will start him systematically picking apart the bloodline one by one by one. First, with him beating, you know, uh, Jay and, and Jimmy with with Solo. I think that'd be a fun little ha-ha because now KO is out for a while. But I think that's where we're headed is leaving Sammy out of war games so we can get Sammy against Roman Reigns probably by January, February. That's what would be my, that'd be my hope. You don't look very impressed, nor did you like the idea of Cross in a you cage. You said carrying Cross and you lost me. Like you I had know, me. I know. You I had know. me on the hook. And then it was like, you said carrying Cross. I just let go because it's disgusting. I don't want to eat it. So I just swam away. I just, the thing is, is I was you looking at the You could have said Rikishi and I, because that's what I thought Rikishi. we were going. I was thinking, I was like, who's a Samoan that they could replace? Like, and I was like, oh, Rikishi, that'd be like, it'd be dumb. But at least like, you know, he's related to them. And you said fucking carrying Cross. It's like, you fucking kidding me? You kidding I, I'm, me? I'm trying to Guthrie think of who's just on the roster. Creamed his jeans when you said that, but all creamed the rest of us fucking jeans. rolled our eyes. Creamed his jeans. Oh, all right. God. So you don't have to like that one, but I think that Sammy's I, I liked everything it. about it except for the fucking name that you had to all put right, in the middle. Fine. Put anybody in there. I don't care. Sans you could have any Sans. All right. Sorry. Sans Cross. Great hope, Nestlemania. It was anyway, adequate. it's time for a comeback. She's been here for a while. I'm going to give mine to Logan. That's right. Sarah Logan or whatever the hell she goes by with the Viking Raiders. Not the new and improved because everybody knows you slap a new and improved or 2000 on the end of something and it's terrible. Just the Viking fucking Raiders. I am excited to see where this goes because the tag team division has been stale for a very long time. With that. They don't do anything. There's no. Oh, you mean the Usos division. fighting the brawling brutes? New Day Imperium. Who cares? Who cares? Hit we Roll all know back. it doesn't fucking matter. You have Legato now. You have a million fucking tag teams, and you think nope, it's fucking don't care. Stale. You're an idiot. You're a You're fucking an idiot. idiot. They You're have a lot idiot. more action in the AEW tag team division, which again, I love the acclaim, but like fucking, it's the same. Been the same match for three months. Who the acclaim fighting at Full Gear? The the, the same, same match they had the last exactly, one. Exactly. exactly. You're proving my point the fuck out of here it's been stale. all i want to say is You're that they're idiot. they're back and they're exciting and uh sarah logan may or may not have uh encroached upon uh gimmick infringement with maxi impaler it's like a fucking carbon copy google that maxi impaler and you'll be like oh that's where sarah logan got the luck it's kind of shitty but it happens i'm more excited that sarah logan doesn't have to wrestle anymore i think that's better for her yeah but you know, here's the problem is we thought BFAB wouldn't be wrestling either. And he was, he was advertised to wrestle. What a fucking, what a great pull that was to have BFAB not wrestle. You oh, have yeah, no well, guess idea. what? Now she's going to be wrestling Sarah Logan. So I don't know if it was such a great pull. Here's hoping BFAB never wrestles. Yeah, I'd rather have her wrestling Sarah Logan. At least okay. I've seen Sarah Logan be terrible in the ring. BFAB, we've barely seen in the ring. So who knows? She well, even if better. she's terrible in the ring, I feel like you're going to be an apologist anyway. You're going to be like, well, give her time. She's the only. She's, I mean, she, it, she that could be the case, matches. but I've literally seen her wrestle for like a minute and a half in her career. So I have no idea. Like, she looks athletic. She's a fucking great character. So maybe she could be okay. Who knows? Nah, next. All right, you're to come back. Go. My comeback is going to Akira Tazawa, who we haven't seen really much with the 24 7 title not really being a thing, but. 
I thought what they did this week was with the Corbin. It was again more along the theme of Raw using people they don't normally use, but like making it interesting because they brought back the APA poker uh, thing that JBL always used to do back in the day, and it was with obviously Corbin this time, who has a lot of money, as we're told. You know, I love everything about Corbin except for that shitty entrance right now, but it makes sense for what they're going for with the gimmick. And he was cleaning out some fucking random jamoke in the back and Tazawa comes in. They did like the comedy. Like, I don't know how to play whatever. And of course he puts on the, the sunglasses and he starts winning all the money and then he challenges them to a match. And you know what? They kind of, again, what do we always say about Corbin? Give them the littlest guys on the roster, the woo, 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 give a few. And it's going to be a good match. This is a fun match. I don't even think it was a job alert. I think it eclipsed three minutes. So this is a fun little thing for a guy we normally don't get to see a lot. I thought he brought something good to television. Um, he's one of those guys that has always kind of been underappreciated. He's a very good wrestler, but to kind of survive the post-cruiserweight Vince McMahon era, he had to evolve into a comedy act. He did that very well. And that's why he's still employed while a lot of those other cruiserweights are not. So shout out to Zawa. He gets my comeback this week. I thought this was a great thing through and through. I, yeah. I absolutely loved disheveled JBL. Disheveled Corbin was great. Tazawa's always been pretty good. But here's the other thing too. The equation works. The Corbin equation works, which is big Corbin, Little guy equals bag of money. Yep. Like it just works. There's not one little guy that Corbin cannot work with. And if he's a wrestling God beating up all these little guys, it just adds to it. And I love it. And watching JBL lose his shit over the poker thing and then lose his shit, you know, on the ringside and just, it's great. Please don't get in, in, involved in, in wrestling. Like don't fucking wrestle anymore. JBL. He but, but I think he's been a great addition to the show. Yeah. And again, entrance aside, I think this pairing is working, and I think the character development of this Corbin is great. I kind of wish they didn't make him Baron Corbin, but that's beside the point, I guess. That's his name. Right. I know he was a king, he was a constable, but now he's a Baron. A Baron Baron could be somebody that is also, uh, you know, of high, you know, just saying they could be, I mean, Baron could be a king or something like that, too. So I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. All right. Big finish. Yeah, let's get to the big old finish. Oh, we right. got, let's we got so much shit to fire do. through all the bullshit so we can get to full gear on SmackDown this week. We have two more World Cup matches. Ali and Ricochet. Pew, pew, pew. Super hot fire. Zayn and Butch. Pew, pew. Super hot fire. Who you got? Oh, Zayn and Butch. Zayn. Zayn, definitely. I'm sorry. What was the first one? Ricochet and Ali. 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 So wait, are they both American, right? So there's three Americans in the World Cup. That doesn't seem fair. Mustafa Ali is American. He's from Chicago. He is. He is. But I mean, you know what they're is going he, Is for. he coming out? Is, is he coming? Sammy Zane's Canadian. Butch is from England. So you're like, oh, for fucking three here. Um, but I'm yeah. saying right now, Braun Strowman. Yeah. You just said Ricochet. Braun Strowman beat Jinder. Yes. Jinder technically from uh, India. Nakamura lost to Santos. So yes. I'm not really seeing the American theme you're going with here besides Braun. No, I'm saying out of the Ricochet. eight people, there are three Americans. Yeah. So that's that not seems, that much. That seems like it's tilted. That's no, all. I mean, we are in America, Nestlemania. Yeah, but I'm just saying to make it fair, the World Cup should only have one person from America oh so that you can cheer for America. You're, what, you're an idiot. Like, are we, we're picking, we're both picking, I'm picking Ricochet and Butch. Who are you picking? Sure. Ricochet and Sammy. There you all go. Right. There it is. What about Shotzi versus Shayna this week? Who cares? I agree. Let's go to Raw. We have a women's war game as advantage match. Who's going to be in it and who gets the advantage? It'll obviously be the heels, but who's going to win it for him? Uh, I would imagine the winner of this. Uh, you know what? I, I imagine it's going to be Rhea for the women on the, the heel side. And the baby face that could take a pin here, Alexa, Alexa Bliss. Yeah. 
I could see it being Oscar too, but I think it'll probably end up being one of those because if Bianca's in it, they're probably getting the advantage. So um, I don't think that'll happen. We head to NXT tonight where we have a somewhat loaded card, but we're going to start with the non-loaded part, and that is Briggs and Jensen taking on Schism. So Schism. I like Schism because I think Ava Rain is great, and I fucking love everyone else in Schism. Their gimmicks just suck. So go Schism. Schism to me is odd. Because you can see it on the bigger stage and have The Rock do something with them. You can see it. It's it's just right there in front of you. Like We agree that that group is incredibly talented, yeah, right? Yeah, they no, have one I, of the best tag teams. They have Gacy, who is an incredible, like, like everything. How, and then, obviously, Ava Reigns is, like, the future of the fucking division. It's just the gimmick is such the drizzling how, shit. You just don't know how to feel. How do you feel about Gacy re- wearing tights? Did you see that last week? It was interesting, yeah. It was bizarre. He's more of a street clothes guy. It felt like we were regressing backwards. Everybody says he's kind of like Bray Wyatt, and then he went back to, like, Husky Harris. Like, it just looked weird (laughs) with him doing his fucking springboards and shit, and I'm like, look at this fucking guy go. I don't know. I really like him. I'm really high on Gacy. But it's hard. It's very, very hard because all I can think about when I watch it is I get the smiley face stuff, I guess, and I get the acceptance stuff, there was this weird take on like, are they like a horror tag team or like, there's too many things going on in NXT that seem too similar. Like with that scripts thing. And and now the schism and it just like all these random things, all the fires. Yeah, like what adjacent. is scripts? Who the fuck is scripts? Do we know? I don't know. I'm talking in a robot voice. I'll see I you think next it week. Either this week or next week. So we'll yeah. find out soon, I guess. It's not Dijak because he has his own uh, things, but uh, also on the card tonight, Nestlemania, we have my girl Tatum Paxley taking on Indy Hartwell. He packs it in for packs, folks. I mean, he, he loves doesn't. It. Next you up, do. we have another JC person, JD McDonough, taking on Apollo Crews and what will probably be a really good match. I think that JD McDonough will never be as successful as Finn Balor, but they seem to like Finn. him. JD's in, if JD uh, this is, was like fucking three inches taller, he'd be a world champion. But instead, he'll probably just be a great mid Carter. So, which I'm there's fine just, with. He's just there's something rock star spud about him. Like Drake Maverick might as well be the same looking person as JD McDonough in my mind. When I see them, if he had a mean streak like JD does, JD is one right. of the best mean streaks. Right, and I I do love the pull, uh, suplex that he does as a finish, which is great. And I do like the, the weird, like, oh, you don't know how it hurts to hurt somebody. And like how to, you know, like he breaks down the bones and stuff. Like I get that portion of it. It's a little bit weird. But then what else you got? You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm looking at is what else is he going to do? I don't, I don't know. know. Have fucking five-star matches in the ring. That's what he's going to do. He's such a stud. Uh, also on the card tonight, Janesselmania, it is Championship Tuesday. We have two World Championship matches. The first, Mandy Rose takes on Alba Fire. And a last one Why was Mandy match, Rose in a weird accent? Because Alba always goes, Mandy, I'm taking you out, Mandy. I love the way she says her name. Uh, this, this is like the fourth time Alba's fought for the title. So you could probably argue that maybe this is finally the time, but uh, I think Mandy's going to be the last woman standing because I don't think Alba's the one to dethrone her. Oh, interesting. Mandy, who you got? Well, Mandy. Or Mandy. Mandy. I mean, it has to be Mandy Rose, right? It has I, to be I Mandy think so. Rose. I would be surprised if she lost this. I think this is a nice uh, kind of putting a pin on the Alba fire story, and she's probably headed uh, up. Sooner rather than later. Uh, Maybe she's in war games. Ooh. On the babyface team, that would be interesting because I would like her better with damage control. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, NXT, what we think will be the main event, but maybe not. The Nestle special. Oh, Braun Breaker defends the NXT title against 
his biggest challenge yet. I can't say it was straight face. The Von Wagon is going for the NXT title, and he is going to get brawned into oblivion in this match. Oh, I know. I know. But on the 1% chance, the 1% chance that the wagon pulls this off. Dumbass. I, I Come Tuesday. Oh, my God. Like, this guy is a meme, a gif, uh, just anything all wrapped into one. The wagon, if he fucking wins. I know it's not going to happen. I really do. But if he does, you guys, uh, I'm going to have to take a vacation day. I am going to be laughing my ass off hysterically for a very long time. I mean, as I'm not, I don't shit on you for your Von Wagon as much as everyone else, because I actually think Von Wagon, the Von Wagon has a role in this company uh, for sure. I, I enjoy his presence more than I don't enjoy it. Um, and the fact that you love him so much just probably adds to that too. But I'm on the, I would say the, the very, very back of the bus of the Von, the Von, the very back of the wagon, uh, but I'm on the wagon. He's a silent um, wagon. I'm driving it like you, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm on the back just there for the ride. So I, uh, I think this is, this will be a, a good check mark for Braun. And uh, I like that Von's getting the shot here. You have to admit his promo last week on the Grayson Waller effect wasn't the worst promo. No, that of all dude, his time. honestly, his and that's why because Guthrie was like shitting on you and saying, Oh, he doesn't like Carrie yeah. Cross. I'm like, I'm like, that promo that Von Wagner just cut is infinitely better than anything Karen Cross has ever done. So it's just like that. By the way, the Grayson Waller effect, if they did that every week, oh my god, just the fact that he has the selfie on himself for Instagram the whole time, like that was happening. He's just going like this. It's just like no matter who they put on it, it's like the best thing I've ever seen. I just I fucking love that kid. He's he's something interesting. Okay. He's very interesting every time he does something. So, yeah. Congratulations um, to that. Let's piss through Dynamite and Rampage so we can get to full gear as All we right. reach the AEW version of the program. We have uh, we're gonna go quick fire here uh, to steal something from Quick Slants. Uh, Nestlemania. Bowens oh, versus goody. Swerve. Who you got? What was it again? Anthony Bowens versus Swerve. Uh, well, baby faces they have to lose before the big match. So I'm picking Swerve. Death Triangle taking on Top Flight and some dude. Nobody cares. Moving on, Death Triangle. Yep. Uh, Ethan Page versus Bandito in an AEW Eliminator. So Ethan Page should win this whole thing. I think That's he my will. Thought. And, he think, and I think lining up Max to win and then face the firm going forward makes sense to me. So I agree. I think Ethan Page deserves it. Ethan Page has done a lot of great stuff. If you haven't checked out his toy channel, he's doing awesome stuff over there. But... He's, he, I just love the, the ego's edge off the second rope against Kingston. I thought that was awesome. And I just think it just sucks that in a world full of 14 million titles, that motherfucker didn't have one of them. I mean, he's had his opportunities. He just hasn't won them. No, got but like 10 think, shots I, of the I, TNT. He got shot at the All-Atlantic. Like, I just think he's a champion. I, when you look he at him, so he'll just, he just looks he'll, like. He'll probably be the one to beat Orange Cassidy whenever that happens. But first, he's got to uh, bend the knee to MJF. So Okay. Uh, we also have uh, Jericho and Sammy taking on Claudio and Brian. Just like Sammy's promo in that boxing arena. Nobody gave a shit about him then, and nobody gives a shit about him now. So let's just move on and hope to Christ that Jericho wins that uh, that whole thing and uh, on uh, Saturday. But this tag team match don't mean shit to me. It seems like the f- these four people have been intertang- intertangled for like 100 months. It's, it's yeah. too much. I don't care either. And we'll finish off Dynamite with the only fans match of the night. Tony Storm taking on the bunny. The OnlyFans match. I mean, night. Tony Storm has an OnlyFans. The Bunny might as well too. So there Maybe it is. She Only does. Match of the night. Uh, clearly, Tony has to win because Jamie Hader's going to win. Oh God, I hope you're right. Don't get where we'll get to that in mere moments. But first, we have to talk about a match that's scheduled for Rampage. Eddie Kingston and Ortiz taking on two dudes I've never heard of. Eddie Kingston and Ortiz win then. Yeah, 
Um, but apparently it's a big deal. It's like a dream match for Kingston. I don't fucking care. We go to switch into full gear in WrestleMania. And like I told you before the show, there are only nine matches announced so far. So they will likely add seven more this Wednesday and have 15 on the pre-show. But uh, we can only pick what we have at this moment. And that is nine matches. So we will kick things off between Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Whoa, whoa, in a steel cage. How excited are you for a steel cage match? As I've said many times, the AEW steel cage is infinitely better than the WWE steel cage, so I'm all for it. I think uh, Jungle Boy is on his way to get back to Christian, so I'm going to pick Jungle Boy here for the big dub. Good pick. I agree. Moving on. The match that should be thrown in the trash and is the most disgusting, despicable thing in AEW history. A tag team match with fucking shitty fucking Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal taking on Stain and Darby Allen. Give me the baby faces. I hope fucking Jeff Jarrett, this is his last match ever. Get him off my TV. Wow, you really don't like... He sucks. Smashes a thousand guitars, never drew a dime. I'm going to pick Sting must pose with Darby by his side because... Sting and Darby cannot lose on pay-per-view. I don't think they've ever lost on pay-per-view as a tag team. So I don't even know if Sting's lost at all. He hasn't, so. as far as I know. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, the, 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 the Jeff Jarrett factor makes my face melt because he sucks. He's a waste of space on screen. But I, behind the scenes, invaluable. Don't disagree with that at all, but get him off my fucking TV. Uh, next up, we have a singles match between Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and the now-cleared Soraya, which we haven't really hit on. I'm obviously very happy for her. I still, I've been pretty honest about this. Her and AEW just doesn't seem like a big deal to me, and it hasn't. Um, this was the match for the returning match for her, though, that made the most sense. So I'm intrigued by it, but man, I really wanted Paige in WWE, but we get, we get Soraya in her return, beats the Doctor, DMD on pay-per-view this Saturday. Wow. You think Soraya's going to lose? No, no, no. I, just no. To... <laughs> I didn't know what you were wowing to. No, I just, I just wanted to sound like I was surprised. I know. Obviously, Soraya wins or Sarah Yeh or everybody else makes a joke about. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if I care about Soraya any more than I already do, which is going to be like, obviously, I'm a big fan. But she's been cooled off for so long, I don't – it's like it's starting over again. And here's here's my biggest critique of anybody that's gone to AEW from WWE. I have yet to see anybody reinvent themselves. It feels like most of them are relying on their – you know, resting on their lawyer, their laurels. I can't even talk. They're resting on what they made in WWE. I could argue for a couple people. Well, I'm I mean sure there are a couple. But I'm just saying more often than not. I agree. It just seems like it worked. Don't break it. So we're not. And I think that's the thing I get fatigued with is, okay, I've seen that act somewhere else on a bigger stage. This is your chance to do something different. And I know her name is different, but it's it still going to be the same. It's a real name. <laughs> right. It's, it's, but the move set's going to be the same. The moves are going to be exactly how they are. The, the whole presentation is the same. Obviously, the music can't be, but the, the rest of it is. It's just like, yeah, no, it doesn't. I agree. It doesn't feel like she's. I'm not gonna say she hasn't been trying, but it just seems like she's literally just out there, and like the crowd's gonna react to me because I'm back. I don't have to give anything right. extra, and it's just like, I don't know. That's why I haven't. And it doesn't. As I hate saying this because there's a lot of women I love in the AEW women's division, but it feels like the fucking minor leagues. You can say what you want about AEW. I don't call AEW itself the minor leagues because I think the top tier of AEW you can put up against anything, but the women's division and some of the lower stuff is the fucking minor leagues, and the women's division is just. 
it's been awful pretty much since the inception. And it's not be, always the woman's fault. It's how it is treated by the company. And maybe Soraya helps that a little bit, but so far certainly doesn't feel that way. Just very quickly, Moxley's the only one I can think of at the top of my head that has definitely gear changed. From Moxley, Miro, and Swerve are the three I'd say because Swerve was obviously great, but I think in AEW, he, even though I get mad at him sometimes, I think he has done things to really take chances and put himself out there. And obviously Miro, like you can say he went back to his original thing, but it was different in his own way. Like the Redeemer was much different than the fucking Bulgarian Brute. So those are the three because Moxley I agree with. And then Jericho's like in his own conversation because he's always he reinventing himself. Yeah. But everyone else, I think you're right, especially in the women's division. Like, what did Ruby Soho do differently? Nothing. She was over for a month. Haven't seen her since. Go on down the list, and it's that's how it is. It just it's just pure laziness, I think, really going up forward. And I, I think I I would give more. I would give AW more of a chance if I saw people taking chances. Well, why not, do you not think? Like, but think about who most over people are in AW with like the MJFs, the Jamie Haters, the Darby Allens. Like, the, look at the names I'm hitting on and why they're different because. There are things we weren't familiar with that got people that really had to work to get there. So it just, the acclaim, you know, obviously, right? like, there are exceptions, yeah. but, and there are, there are some others too. Um, but it just, yeah, no, I, I agree with your sentiment pretty much across the board. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. We have a singles match for the AEW TBS championship. This feud has been poopy poop. Nyla Rose stole Jade Cargill's title. So now Jade Cargill is defending her stolen title against Nyla Rose for the love of God. Just let Jade Cargill win so we can move on. I think Nyla Rose has been doing all right. Fine. I just like, I, I don't give a fuck about fucking Vicky Greer or Marina Shafir. And this storyline is dumb. No, I mean, it, you know, this is, this is the most I've ever think that the TBS championship has been in peril. Well, yeah, I agree with that for sure. It never has it, been in peril. No, I know, <laughs> but it just feels like at least Nyla Rose is doing something. No, she's a contender. It. I agree. I just, she's the oh. only, I think out of everything Jade has done and Jade's been great, obviously. But it, it's been like a steamroll, right? Like there's not been something she has to overcome. And I think yep. the mind gains of stealing the championship, as minimalistic as this is, we always talk about this. There needs to be a story. Otherwise, we're just putting on good wrestling matches, which again, I'm well, not a I'm not, not putting on good wrestling matches in this feud, probably. No, no, but I'm just saying <laughs> at least this has some type I I, storyline. I agree with the sentiment. I just personally haven't cared for the storyline. That's all. All right, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. Uh, we're pick, you're picking Cargill, right? I got to pick the Cargill. I mean, she's like 40, 100 and oh. I mean, I can't do it. All right. And then next up, we have a singles match. Or no, sorry. A four-way match for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Uh, here's your four people again. Chris Jericho defends against Brian Danielson, Cadio Castagnoli, and Sammy Guevara. I mean, if this match was smart, Sammy would just lay in the ring immediately for Jericho after they toss out the two fucking has-beens. And uh, we call it a day, but they're not going to do that. I just, all I'm looking for in this match is to have a serious tease that Sammy might win this thing just so the crowd can fucking lose their minds. And then eventually, obviously, Jericho will win. But yeah, no, the, the belt, the two things I want. Sammy has a moment where you think he's going to win and everyone gets scared and their cheeks pucker up and Jericho walks out with the title. So boom, boom, give me Jericho. I think Jericho has to win this matchup because when I look at this from a standpoint, right, and I, and I don't mean any disrespect to anybody else in the matchup, Claudia already had it, wet fart, nobody cares anymore, right? You blew, blew it. One. You blew yep. it, in my opinion. That was, that was, you had one chance to do it and you wasted it on the ROH championship. I think that's terrible, especially in, in the first match. Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, if he wins it, cool. He's the only one I can see besides Jericho taking it off Jericho. Sammy would be really cool in terms of letting it on Twitter and everybody being upset. 
I think that'd be cool. But I think if they're going to do something bigger with ROH, you either need Daniel Bryan, or sorry, da Bryan Danielson, or Jericho to be the, the guy. But I think Jericho, as much as someone can debate this on me, Jericho, in my opinion, has a bigger reach to a casual audience than a, than a Bryan Danielson does. That's not taking anything away from him. I'm just saying, in order to secure something, Jericho seems to be the, the pot. Like, yeah, that 100%. You, yeah, you go this, to. This is a long reign. Whenever they get their deal of wherever this is going to stream or whatever, he starts out as the champion. But I think there's one person to beat him, and his name is Daniel Garcia. Uh, long term and we're not even close to that we have a long way to go so i think you're gonna have a lot of uh jericho as champion moving on we have the finals of the aew world championship eliminate eliminator tournament ethan page or bandito are on one side they are taking on tbd on the other side so we've both picked ethan page the other side of the bracket already saw brian cage defeat dante martin we have yet to see Lance Archer versus Ricky Starks, but if I were a betting man, Ricky Starks would probably win that matchup and go on and take Brian Cage in a cool little Team Taz reunion. If I were a betting man in that matchup, Nestlemania, I would put my money on Ricky Starks, and that would set up a final of Ethan Page and Ricky Starks, which, pew, 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 that's a pay-per-view match. That's super hot fire. Both those guys would be worthy first fucking challengers for MJF or another cha uh, challenger for Moxley. So that's the finals I think is going to happen. And I do think that Ethan Page would beat Ricky Starks in the final on pay-per-view. So you're picking Ethan Page. Yes. Okay. I, I'm going to – so you, as you were talking about this, and again, the only, there's two parts to this. One, you talked me into it. Two, I can't be 400 and the, you know matches and all the same for you. I'm going to pick Ricky Starks. I think that's only a good pick. Because here's the thing. If, in fact, the firm is in cahoots and it's a whole fucking sham, that's why I'm picking it, right? And Ricky Starks had a great promo saying I should have all fucking titles. You know what I mean? So I, I think that would be, and I think on the mic, Ricky Starks versus MJF, whoo, you know, like that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm going to pick Ricky Starks. I think that's a good pick. I'm just curious. This pay-per-view is on Saturday and they got a fucking, they got probably do Starks Archer, I guess on Wednesday. And then the winner of that takes on cage on Friday. So that's a lot of wrestling to get there, but uh, it makes sense. You're trying to build up Ricky as underdog. I think it works. We have a singles match for the interim. I wish we could just stop fucking saying that. AEW Women's World Championship. Tony Storm defends against Jamie Hayter. I'm a fucking hater. I want her to win so bad. I think it'd be great, but I don't think she is. Give me fucking begrudgingly Tony Storm. I can't believe after all your love for the hater, you just, you can't do it. I'm hedging WrestleMania. If Hater wins, I'm going to be so fucking happy. No, but if I she know. loses, at least I continue to dominate predictions. I'm hedging. Okay. You're I'm hedging. hedging my feelings. Go hedge a bush. That's what you should do. I want Jamie Hater to win this title more than I want MJF to win the title. That should tell you something. I I actually for her. I absolutely think there is I I don't know why I did this. I'm sorry. I actually typed in hater for you as because <laughs> what we just said. I'm sorry, Tony. That's what my heart wants. The heart no, wants I know, but you're wants. not you're not strong enough to pick with your heart. You're better no, no, no. I'm strong brain. enough to not pick with my heart in this case scenario. So you're making me think and again. I could be. This is like a runaway train for JC at this point if I pick hater. But I kind of want to wins. Pick no, I know, but like you and I pick everything the same all the time. So well, I feel like we're like for fucking intelligent. I'm just a little more intelligent. That's why I'm beating you. See, like you figure Tony Storm keeps the championship so that Thunder Rosa can yeah, come back and beat her fucking, for it. I don't want to see. I'd rather what you don't want to see. Yeah, I'd rather see Hater win too. Fuck it, I'll do it. I'll go Hater because I think 
I doubt very much Hater's going to win, but God damn it, do I want her to I win I hope too. you're right. I think this is a 50-50 because honestly, Tony this Khan's is- usually pretty good at identifying like, oh, this is what the fans want. I'm going to give it to him. It took him an extra match with the acclaimed, but he figured it out. I just like, I think he realized pretty quickly in that Fatal 4 like, fuck, everyone wants Jamie Hater to win. And we've seen it in the months after that. I think he probably, I think honestly, yeah, I probably should pick Hater because that's what I'm just, I'm hedging myself and picking Tony Storm, but a Hater should win. And I Playing hope. it safe. The JC. Yeah. I, I mean, I have to. I got a big lead. Uh, next up, we have a tag team match. The uh, trilogy it will be completed on Saturday for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Swerve in our glory of Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland take on the acclaimed of Anthony Bowens and Mac Cast- Max Caster, the champions, with Daddy Ass himself, the badass Billy Gunn. Uh, this match will probably deliver like the other ones did. Um, do I love that we're seeing the same thing again and again? And I really want to claim FTR. Well, I think we're getting there sooner rather than later, but this is the check mark. The acclaimed have to finish off is when this trilogy swerving our glory will probably break up, whether at the pay-per-view or on the Wednesday after, but uh, yeah, give me the acclaimed. I will also take the acclaim for the block and the win. Scissor uh, me nestle ass. That's weird to say nestle ass, but okay. Yeah, I'm in. Uh, Anthony Chocolate Bowens. Asshole. Oh boy. That's really gross. That's weird. <laughs> Like a limp biscuit song, chocolate oh, starfish, no, hot dog okay. flavored water. All right, last but not least, the main event, the singles match for the AEW World Championship. This is MJF Casino Ladder Poker Chip Cash and Match. He says he's going to do it by the book with no firm, no cheating, no diamond ring, none of that bullshit. John Moxley defends against MJF WrestleMania. I believe this is the MJF spot by hook and by crook. I liked your regal brass knucks thing you said like a month ago. I think we're going to have all the bullshit in this match. So give me MJF some way, somehow, as the new AEW world champion. Moxley goes on vacation. Yeah, I think a lot of people gave Renee Paquette a lot of uh, shit on Twitter for asking for a uh, how to travel with a toddler um, thing. And they said, thanks for ruining the main event. I mean, so, if anyone said that, you're an idiot if you didn't think that already. No, I know. But it's this just would be like the ultimate like swerve in AEW history to not have MJF win. I know. I think. I think here's the thing. If you don't do it now... When? Well, now's the time. Like you're at the you're at the pinnacle, pun no intended, pun intended, of fucking MJF's career right now. Fucking hit that dart in the bullseye like our boy Dom always gifs. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, MJF has to win this one, so I'm picking MJF because it'd be stupid to pick against him at this point. Any final thoughts on Full Gear? Uh, we'll probably get like we said, like six more matches, and we'll predict them in the thread. I can't wait for Orange Cassidy to have a match for the Middle Atlantic Championship that nobody cares about. Actually, gonna... you know what, WrestleMania, the most I ever cared about that title is watching Orange Cassidy, and I hope he's in the Rampage main event every Friday because the best part of Rampage is him going, all right, it looks like and Mark Henry getting mad that he's stealing his line. So that's a bonus hope for JC for AW. Orange Cassidy in the main event of Rampage for the rest of time. And also, don't forget, you're most likely going to have Wardlow versus Joe versus Powerhouse Hobbs in a that's meaty men. That's actually going to be. Want to pick that? Let's pick that right now. Who's I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick that saying Wardlow because meaty men slapping meat. I'm going to pick Powerhouse Hobbs to pin Samoa Joe. Whoa! Boom. Upset special. Give me Powerhouse Hobbs. Do you think both titles are on the line? No. Okay. And I mean, unless if so, I think if they did do that and unified them, that would tell you that Ring of Honor might be not getting its own show. Sure. But I don't think they're going to do that. I just think Powerhouse Hobbs pins Samoa Joe to win the TNT title because then he can do Hobbs Wardlow one on one down the line. So, okay. That's fair. That's, That's how fair. I do it. Okay. Well, we, because these are unofficial picks, but I think these are going to be happening. So, probably a safe bet. All right, and I'm trying to think of anything else that would be happening, but I think that's pretty much it for now. So, um, I'm sure FTR there'll will be a trios title, the there'll be an boys. All Atlantic title. They'll, you know, they'll be sh- just <laughs> just load up Rampage, do a two hour Rampage. Let's do that. 
What if they do Death Triangle versus the Elite? Does that get you, give you an erection? No, I don't care. I mean, obviously the Elite would have to win, but are you gonna are you gonna reward them after what happened? I don't know. You think so? Okay. They served their time. They're one of your fucking biggest money makers. You uh, you made those titles to put it on them. You're gonna put them back on them if not now, soon. Okay. Yeah, Death Triangle is doing a great job making those matter. There's too many things. There's too many things and not enough time. So there you go. I agree. Speaking of which, we should probably get the hell out of here. So yeah, uh, anyway, thank you for listening to Jabberknocker Podcast. And we'll be back next week with more Jabberknockery. Haters in the house. Haters in the house.